Hello, my name is Morgan Gray, and welcome back to the Afrocentric Podcast. Lucifer down of the morning, I'm gonna chase you out of earth. Lucifer, Lucifer down of the morning. I'm from the murder capital, where we murder for capital. Lucifer down of the morning, I'm gonna chase you out of earth. you did it again, you a genius, nigga. Lucifer down of the morning. So you niggas change your attitude for they asking what happened to you Lord forgive him, he got them dark forces in him But he also got a righteous cause for sending them a murder me So I gotta murder them first, emergency Doctors performing procedures, Jesus I ain't trying to be facetious But vengeance is mine, said the Lord You said it better than all Leave niggas on death's door Breathing off respirators for killing my best boy Haters on permanent high haters As I skate in the Maybach bins Flyed in some Lucifer, Bumping brown morning. sugar by D'Angelo In Los Angeles Like an evangelist We don't funk with racism We don't funk with people who don't support the LGBTQ plus community And baby we damn sure don't funk with anybody who don't love a beautiful black queen baby You see this tape you don't let nobody act black and then go home and be white. It only takes a little bit of white brainwash to activate the cool chip in the average Negro. And a lot of white folk have demonstrated eloquently that they don't have no sense. And we are back with the Afrocentric podcast. Um, for those who do not know, this is Confederate History Month. Yeah. yeah. Turn up. Turn up all the rednecks and the proud boys and the the neo-Nazis. They've been lit the whole month of April. They said Jesus died, so they turned up for Easter. Then they turned up for the whole month of April because it's the South and heritage and all that good shit. And then, you know, 420 popping up this week, too. So they just having them a jolly good old time. And I love that for them. So the title of this episode right here is called Freestyle 14, The South Might Rise Again. And I just want to talk about the state of the Southern Union. I guess I'll put it. It's a lot of alarming ass shit going on in our country. And it is very reminiscent to the civil rights era. And it's a lot of shit that um I want to talk about. So we're going to get into it. The first thing we're going to do is talk about the history of the Confederacy. Because, you know, everybody is not... Everybody is not equipped with the knowledge of what has happened in the American South, even most Americans. So let's go ahead and get into it. The phrase in and of itself, the South will rise again, is a phrase a phrase that refers to the possibility of the re-uprising of the American South. Okay, so not everybody that supported the Confederate States of the United States were racially motivated. Some of it was about independence. Some of it was about the structure of a Confederate government. And some of it really was about Southern pride and heritage. But do not be fooled because most of it was about motherfucking race. 
A lot of it was about slavery. A lot of it was about racism. Sorry to bust your fucking bubble, but it's the fucking truth. Okay, so the next question is, is what was the Confederacy? So also known as the Confederate States of America, also known as the Confederacy, during the Civil War in the American era, the government of 11 Southern states succeeded from the Union in 1860 through 1861, and they carried out a lot of affairs of a separate government, and they conducted a major war until they were defeated in the spring of 1865. So, um, I feel like we know where this history leads. It leads to the Emancipation Proclamation. And um, the freeing of the slaves. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Today we're here to talk about the Confederacy and all that they do. So I know the next question is, is why did the Confederate States of America choose to succeed away from the Union? And many of them chose to succeed away because many of them maintained that the primary cause of the war was the desire to preserve the institution of slavery. Now, remember, two things can be true at the same time. They wanted to be separate because, you know, they wanted to be independent. They wanted a, a structured government. They really was Southern and they was prideful and they had their heritage. But mostly, they wanted to preserve the institution of slavery, okay? Let's not get it fucking twisted. Let's be fucking for real. Other states minimize slavery and point out other factors such as taxation or the principles of states' rights. But the reason why the Confederate states left America, let me say it again for the motherfuckers in the back, is because of slavery. So Confederate History Month is a month that is designated in created by seven state governments in the southern United States solely for the purpose of recognizing and honoring the treason of the Confederate States of America. Now, remember, when them motherfuckers broke away from the Union, they was, they was doing treason. It was treachery. So April has traditionally been chosen as Confederate Memorial Day falls during the month in many of the states. And... Many of the states started celebrating Confederate History Month in 1994. Now, although the Confederate Memorial Day is a holiday in most southern states, the tradition of having a Confederate History Month is not something that's uniform. State governments that have regularly declared Confederate History Months are <coughs> Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, and Virginia. Let me say them names again. Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, Virginia. A doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. 45, 47. Yeah. And those, in case you have not figured it out yet, those are the states that we will be discussing. Because remember, after the Civil War, the South fell. 
Then we have that period of history in which we call Reconstruction because the South was a fucking mess. Everybody was dead, you know. They had, they had ruined their plans, so they had to start over again. So the South fell. But the whole premise and purpose of this episode is to remind y'all that I think that the South going to rise again. This evening, I received this video in my inbox, which is being shown in Manatee Middle School, which is in Collier County, Florida. This is a mandatory video being shown to all students celebrating Confederate History Month. If you didn't know, April is an official celebrated month here in the state of Florida named Confederate History Month. Every year, our state celebrates and memorializes that valiant, brave fight and the countless sacrifices made by our men and women during what is known as the Civil War, but may be more correctly titled the War to Prevent Southern Independence. However, Congress recognizes it as a war between the states. In the year 1861, the state of Florida, just like many other southern states in the previous year, including South Carolina and Mississippi, broke political ties with the Union. In other words, Florida citizens voted to walk away and withdraw itself from the United States of America over a variety of issues. Now, at this time, the United States only had 34 states. 15 of them were slaveholding. The reasons laid out and described in our Declaration of Secession was the northern invasion of South Carolina, slaves and property rights, overtaxation, and a variety of violations of states' rights and sovereignty. We were the third state to leave the Union. After Florida, the following states walked away from the Federal Union due to Abraham Lincoln's administrative actions, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Texas, Virginia, Arkansas, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Together, all 11 states formed what was called the Confederate States of America. From there on, America was two countries. The USA was in the north, and the CSA was in the south, with two separate citizenry and two presidents. If we look at the map up here on the left, the Union is in blue, which had Abraham Lincoln as president, and the Confederacy was in red in the South, which had President Jefferson Davis. Stay tuned to next week for more interesting Florida history. You want to know what adds insult to injury in this one? The fact that this bullshit is being force-fed down the throats of underprivileged children of color. Teachers in this district have been warned not to speak out against this. Their unions have warned them not to do anything to make the shit stain angry. I'll gladly make him angry. But don't wait. Tune in. Next week, there'll be a brand new episode. Do your thing, guys. All right. So now that you have a better understanding of what the Confederacy was... Um, now I want to bring you back to the present day. So we are going to be focusing on the seven states at a local level. Today we will be discussing different policies going on within these states at a local level, looking at the legislation and the wordings of these bills. And I want you guys to realize that there is a regression going on within the South 
and it is very scary to see it. Um, I see it because of pattern recognition. Also, as a historian, I know my history. So I want you guys to, I encourage you all, I implore you all to learn your history as well as to listen to this because this shit is real and it's finna get real, especially if you live in the South. And the South, by the way, is where all the black people live. So if they put us back under Jim Crow and they take all our rights away, a lot of us gonna be in hot doo-doo shit. The first of the seven states that we will be discussing today is going to be a bill that passed out of Mississippi. Um, many of you guys know this bill as the Jim Crow Bill. Now, the bill is originally called House Bill 1020. Okay, I'm going to read a portion of it, but there are a few things that I want you guys to keep in mind while I'm reading it. Number one, this is not the original form of the legislation. The original version of the legislation that I would have read is most likely to be considered unconstitutional. Okay, Number two, many lawmakers have publicly argued that the bill violates the United States Constitution because it denies the right to vote to the city's 80% plus black population and allows the judges to be appointed by a white chief justice of the state Supreme Court. Lastly, it would have broadly expanded the jurisdiction of the white appointed state police department inside of Jackson city limits. So I'm going to read y'all a section snippet of it because it's a lot. All right. This is how it starts. An action to authorize four temporary special circuit judges for the seventh court district to be appointed by the chief justice of the Supreme Court to authorize the public defender of the seventh circuit court district to appoint three full time assistant public defenders to authorize the district attorney of the 7th Circuit Court District to appoint two full-time assistant district attorneys to create an inferior court within the Capital Complex Improvement District to hear and to determine certain matters that are under the jurisdiction of the municipal court's jurisdiction of a municipal court, to authorize the attorney general to designate two attorneys to serve as prosecuting attorneys for any cause of action within the jurisdiction of the capital complex improvement district to require the administrative office of courts and consultation with the chief justice of mississippi supreme court to appoint a clerk for the ccdid inferior of the mississippi supreme court to appoint a clerk for the ccid inferior court to require the Department of Finance and Administration to designate a suitable location or building for the purpose of allowing the CCID Inferior Court to hold circuit court. To amend Section 29-5203 of the Mississippi Code 1972 to revise the boundaries of the Capital Complex Improvement District for purposes of the amendment to amend the Section of Mississippi Code of 1972. The Capital Complex Improvement District Pro Fund Project Fund to require the Commissioner of the Department of the Public Safety to develop a 911 system for emergencies within the Capital Complex Improvement District to acquire the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court in consultation with the Administrative Office of, court, of Courts to appoint a court administrator 
to manage the caseload of the special judges appointed to the section one of this act to require the Hines, the Hines County Circuit Court to select jurors from all qualified electors in Hines County to provide how jurors are chosen for proceedings before special court judges authorized by this act for the seventh circuit court district and for related purposes, end quote. Let me just summarize this because it sounds like, to me, it sounds like a whole bunch of white noise. That's what it sounds like to me. So let me just summarize it. White representatives in the Mississippi House approved a bill, essentially, to create a district that includes an all-white majority neighborhoods in Jackson, a capital city that is 85% black. And this includes creating a criminal justice system for the district that is overseen by an all white power base. Under House Bill 1020, the white conservative chief justice of the Mississippi Supreme Court would handpick the new district's two supervisors and judges. Its prosecutors and public defenders would then be chosen by the state's white Republican attorney general. The zones would then be policed by an expanded capital city force led by the current white police chief and supervised by the state's white public city commissioner. Because all the district's officials would be appointed instead of elected, let me say this again, because all of the district's officials would be appointed instead of elected, Jackson's majority black citizenry would have no voting rights on the matter, making it Mississippi's only jurisdiction where, according to the ACLU, unelected judges and prosecutors have jurisdiction over criminal and civil law matters, although 12% of their sales taxes would be redirected to help pay for it all. And that's tell me that this shit don't sound oppressive. Why does it sound oppressive? Well, because it strips the rights of black people and their ability to vote. Matter of fact, it's oppressive because it puts a military force over the people that has no accountability to them. It's oppressive because there will be judges who will determine the sentences over people's lives. It's oppressive because it redirects their tax dollars to something that they don't even endorse or even fucking believe in. This is why they call House Bill 1020 the Jim Crow law. More than a half century after the civil rights movement of the 1960s, lawmakers in deep red Mississippi are moving forward with legislation that critics are calling, quote, plantation politics. A white supermajority in the, in the Mississippi House passed legislation that would empower state officials to create a separate court system and expanded police force within the city of Jackson, one of the blackest cities in the country. And joining me now, Jarvis Dorch, executive director of the ACLU of Mississippi. Mr. Dorch, thank you very much for coming to the Sunday show. First of all, please explain to our viewers what House Bill 1020 would do. 
Uh, sure, and thank you all for having me. Um, House Bill 1020 is a piece of legislation that creates a city within a city in Jackson. Um, it takes an existing district which was passed about five years ago to add infrastructure funding around the capital, around uh, state-owned buildings. It expands that district to include much of Northeast Jackson, which is the, um, the wealthiest part of the city, um, the part of the city with the highest white um, white population. It expands that and creates a new judicial system within that district and also gives the Capitol Police Force uh, power power to enforce laws within that district. Um, with this judicial system, it also allows for uh, white appointed officials to make uh, appointments to, to um, new judges, uh, prosecutors. All of these will be appointed by the Attorney General or the Chief Justice of the State Supreme Court, all of whom are white. and. This is in a city that is um, over 80% black. So it would deprive um, black citizens in Jackson of their voting rights um, and take away their power to elect officials of their own choice. Uh, it would definitely create a city within a city where you know Jackson residents are gonna feel like second class citizens. And so help me understand, because I'm still a little confused. So this separate police force and judicial system is going to be over the new part that's being added, I think you said the northeast part of Jackson, or will that new system have jurisdiction over the other parts of Jackson, the I was gonna, the black part of Jackson? You got eighty percent African American population there. So, who who will this police force and new court system impact? Well, I mean, there, there are so many bills that are targeting Jackson, so there are some bills that are still alive now that would give this Capitol Police Force jurisdiction over the entire city. Uh, HB 1020 was a complete monster in itself, so um, this would target this this area of the city that does have a, you know, higher um, uh, property values, um, you know, this is the wealthiest part of the city. And it's a region of the city that, you know, folks, Republicans still have a lot of influence and they don't have that influence in city government. And what they've decided to do is, you know, we can't get, the way, get our way in city government. We're going to use the state legislature to give us our power back. Jackson, Mississippi, bring that ass back over here, bitch, because we're not done talking about you. And you know what? I'm really not done talking about Jackson. Matter of fact, let's talk about Dobbs v. Jackson's Women Health Organization. Now, I remember June 24th, 2020, when the United States Supreme Court released its decision in the Dobbs v. Jackson's Women Health Organization, and they overturned the constitutional right to abortion. Yeah, that shit started in Jackson, Mississippi at the little pink house. Sidebar, I, I stayed at a hotel by the pink by the pink house, and it was my first time seeing it up close. I didn't even know it was an abortion clinic. It's a cute little pink building. I wanted to go over there and take pictures by it. I ain't know no better. But, you know, shout out to the building painters because they really clocked in and did their damn job. They did their thug fizzle. Okay, so the state of Mississippi axes the Supreme Court to uphold the constitutional the constitutionality of a law that generally prohibits an abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy, several weeks before the point in which a fetus is now regarded as a viable outside of the womb. 
In defending this law, the state's primary argument is that we should reconsider and overrule Roe and Casey and once again allow each state to regulate abortion as its citizens wish. Now, the court decision in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization is a devastating, unconstitutional blow for the rights of women to decide whether or not they have the right to terminate the pregnancy and marks the first time in the United States Supreme Court history has taken away a fundamental liberty right. And many women are at risk at receiving a felony or or being suspected of receiving an abortion or even miscarrying. Um, As a woman, I am pro-choice. Personally, I feel like if you ain't got no coochie, you really ain't got no say in the matter. You know? And I think that it's so devastating to take away somebody's fundamental right over their own body. And it's sad to see my state, the place that I come from, take so much shit, not only just away from black people, from women, most specifically black women. It's fucking devastating. Children, it's not even just children who are raped or women who are raped or assaulted. It's just the fucking right to fucking do as you want to. And it's your body. God gave you your body to do what you wanted to do. So I don't understand how a group of people over the government can say that they now have control over my body. It sounds like slavery to me. And all they did was take away a woman's right to choose. And again, I want to say that many women are at risk at receiving a felony if they are suspected of receiving an abortion. Or even women who are suspected of even miscarrying are at risk of receiving a a felony. And what are they doing? They're taking away a woman's right to vote. Don't that seem like the South finnerized? Don't they? They taking us back to the fifties, and I don't mean the nineteen fifties. I mean the eighteen fifties. They want us barefoot and naked, flipping pancakes and flapjacks and cooking eggs. Eight kids running around the house. I say no, ma'am. Got me fucked up. Fuck. I can't believe that we have to still spell it out graphically, but it seems that Republicans want to hide behind the old, overused stigma about a decision to terminate a pregnancy. There are women who have been raped. There are girls who have been raped who will be forced to carry babies to term. There are women who can die within days or hours due to pregnancy complications if they cannot terminate. They might have been hemorrhaging as the placenta starts to separate from the uterus. Yes, we're gonna talk about it graphically. Or a woman could become septic. A woman could have an infection in her uterus that spreads, causing organ failure. A woman could have a blood clot in her lungs where a pregnancy makes it worse and she dies of heart failure. There are pregnancy-related complications that often lead a woman and the men in her life to feel that abortion is the only option. What about preeclampsia? What about an ectopic pregnancy that ruptures? A termination in these cases saves the woman's life. Are you saying she should die? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move around, Mississippi. Because I'm on motherfucking Florida ass. Come here. Come here, bitch. I got a couple of things to say to you, Florida, because Florida been showing her ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run DeSantis. Come here. Let's talk about Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill, also known as the Parental Rights and Education Act. So, Ron DeSantis, little, little dick daddy DeSantis, been down there in Florida. He told uh, the elementary and secondary education, they, they told the teachers, mm-mm, don't let me hear you say that somebody gay. Mm-mm. Don't be teaching them kids about sexuality. I don't care how old they is. I don't care. I don't care if they can see their genitalia. They better not know what it is. They were running DeSantis down there saying, yes, he making it a requirement for schools to provide parents with a list of books and reading materials available in the school library as well as posting curriculum publicly that don't sound bad but you know what sounds bad the long list of books that are banned the non-existent gender affirming care and let me just say something regardless of whether or not you feel like there is only two genders a lot of people are born differently and it always does not have something to do with being gay some people need therapy and it ain't always about hormones. Some people just need different things. And even if it was about hormones, whose business is it other than yours and your people? So they are passing a lot of bills that restricts, you know, First Amendment, freedom of speech. You can't teach about Rosa Parks. La Anne Frank, you know, the little Jewish bitch that was trapped in the closet. She was in the closet writing on a journal, journal. You can't talk about Anne Frank, none of that. And it's just scary. It's so scary to the fact that Florida's NAACP has actually put a national travel ban on Florida to, to insist and to stop the revenue coming in from the tourist section of Florida because you know niggas love Miami niggas love the Everglades niggas love the Keys yeah y'all they saying don't go don't go to Florida some are finna come go somewhere else don't go to Florida because it's not safe in Florida you know why because Ron DeSantis made it dangerous down there you now these the teachers are in fear of losing their jobs. Not only will they lose their jobs, they at risk of receiving felonies. Felonies. Just if if someone feels like they're saying the wrong thing, they could go to jail and and lose their right to vote. If that don't sound like the South gonna rise again and like they ain't putting shit in motion, well, goddamn it, I don't know a fucking thing because that shit is scary. You can't you can't teach the younger generation about they they history and and you know I don't even have Louisiana on this list but Louisiana also just passed a, a very similar bill to this um, about not teaching on racist curriculum. The state of Louisiana said they don't want none of their kids to learn about racism, the good, the bad, or the ugly. None of it. They don't want they don't want you to know because they want you to be dumb. Why? Because they trying to put us back. None of these things 
Unless it's like the first few amendments in the Constitution are promised to us. They can take them things away at any given moment. You see how quickly they took our right to protect our own bodies with this Roe versus Wade overturn. Our right as black people to freedom is not... It's not promised. They could take that shit away at any given moment, but they got to go through different types of legislation to get to us. So first they're going to come for the gays, the trans. Then they're going to come for the women. Then they're going to come for the Negroes. Mm-hmm. The NAACP Florida chapter is telling black people, quote, don't come to Florida. They're seeking permission from the national headquarters to issue a travel advisory to our state. This travel advisory comes as a slew of state bills are targeting race and gender identity, and they're moving through the legislature. NBC2 story Kinley spoke to Lee County's NAACP leaders about the message this sends to tourists, which is the lifeblood of our economy. We are going to educate the people about Florida and what Florida is doing to black people that no black person should want to voluntarily come and be subjected to it. James Muakil is the president of the Lee County chapter of the NAACP. He was at the Florida NAACP conference in Orlando this weekend. They voted unanimously to bring this travel advisory recommendation to the national organization. He says this is designed to keep more black Americans from visiting or moving to Florida. That's what we're saying to them. Don't come into racism. Stay away from it. James says there are multiple Florida bills that negatively affect black Americans, including ones against critical race theory and not allowing felons the right to vote. They hope this travel advisory will make voters think twice about voting for Governor Ron DeSantis if he runs for president. We want to educate the voters for the 2024 election. By blacks not coming, then that's not on the NAACP shoulders. That's on the governor's shoulders. Recently, DeSantis criticized what high schoolers would be taught in an advanced placement high school African-American studies class. The college board stripped the planned curriculum weeks later. People visiting Fort Myers have mixed feelings about this proposed travel advisory, like Katie Bonner from Iowa. No, I think that is a political um, strategy that I think is the opposite of what this country was founded on. But it's certainly, I don't see Florida it would be the friendliest place to, for uh, diverse uh, people of diversity to come to. Uh, Bill and Mary Kay Holmes from Chicago agree with the NAACP's move. Well, I think the NAACP is probably on the right on the right track as far as uh, where they're coming from. The national NAACP will meet in May to discuss and vote on this request. I'm reporting local in downtown Fort Myers, Tori Kinsey. Georgia, bitch, what you laughing for? I'm on your ass next. Yeah, come around the corner, Georgia. George, we want to talk, George. A bitch feeling away about me, but you want a phone hole? Get off the phone and get in the field. Get your lick back, bitch. Get the troops. Round them up. Let's start a war. Yeah, Georgia said that they niggas down there don't have the right to a peaceful protest, Georgia. That what you said. Also, Georgia, free my nigga wanna. Free wanna, nigga. YSL is a label. YSL ain't never been no game, but y'all got games. In Georgia, Florida, uh, in gangs in, in Georgia, don't you? Police gangs. Don't worry, we'll talk about it. Don't worry, don't worry, Georgia, we're gonna talk about it. All right. So, how many of y'all ain't heard about Cop City, or has it been a while since this circulated in the news? Let's talk about Cop City, Georgia. Yeah, uh huh. Cop City is the nickname that critics have given 
to the planned training center in Atlanta, Georgia. The proportion of the 265-acre property as green space, according to the center's website, potentially impacting the forest in Atlanta. The center will include an auditorium for police slash fire and public use, a mock city for burn building training and urban police training, an emergency vehicle operating course for emergency vehicle driver training, a canine kennel and training. According to the center's website, the first phase of the training center is scheduled to open in the late part of 2023. My God, today. Now, why is Cop City a problem? You know, other than the fact that it's fucking destroying the earth. You just running over 265 acres. Not not miles, acres of land. You, It's a problem because the center is further militarizing the police. And it's going to threaten the lives of marginalized people because this damn cop city is not just going to attract police officers who want to drain in Georgia. No, it's going to bring every want to be police officer all over the United States to Atlanta, Georgia, a high black populated city. Ops, op city. That's what the fuck they taking Atlanta back. They said Atlanta's ours. Yeah. The yeah. So who was out there protesting first? The um the tree huggers, the defend the Atlanta Forest Committee. Yeah, they argued that the center will impact forests, which are a vital part of the community. And Atlanta has one of the highest percentages of tree canopy in any other major United States city, according to an environmental advocacy group, Trees of Atlanta. And it is home to the wetlands and important migration sites for birds. Yeah. Y'all don't give a fuck about Gaia. Y'all don't give a fuck about the earth. Y'all most definitely don't give a fuck about all them thousands of niggas down there in Atlanta. Because that ain't nothing but putting a target on black people's back. What what do that sound like? Just an open sign. Come far and wide. Twelve. The ops. Come to Atlanta. Kill as many niggas as you can. Don't that sound like what? Slavery. They taking us back. The city of Atlanta is on fire. And while it has been a slow burn, it has been continuous and continuously escalating. You may have been seeing on national news and very small snippets, stories about what Atlantans have deemed Cop City and the increasing violence occurring around Cop City. And I want to give you the full story of what's happening in this city. What do we mean when we say Cop City? Where did it come from and where is it going? And why has it suddenly escalated? It all goes back to 2015. As the concept of a state-of-the-art training center for police, fire, and first responders had always been on a list of priority needs. In 2015, they were tasked with looking into what such a center might look like and what it might cost. Then in April, 2021, Former Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms announced a plan to turn the forested land into that public safety training facility that would include a shooting range, a mock village, and a burn building. But opposition came quickly from environmental groups, neighborhood associations, and racial justice groups. But despite public outcry, in September 2021, 
That's when Atlanta City Council gave the $90 million project the green light. And by January 2022, activists and organizers who had dubbed the project Cop City began protesting at the site, with some even building shelters in trees to prevent the construction. Everything came to a head last week when Georgia State Troopers killed one of the leaders of the anti-cop city movement, Manuel Tehran, also known as Tortuguita. Law enforcement officers, including a SWAT team, were clearing protesters who'd occupied a wooded area outside the center when police claimed they were fired on and fired back. Police say a Georgia State Trooper was wounded by gunfire. Activists have now released the name of the victim of the police shooting, longtime activist Manuel Tehran, who went by the name Tortuguita. I want to emphasize in a recent poll that 70 percent of Atlanta residents are not in favor of Cop City. So it begs the question, why are we building this type of a law enforcement facility for training? Well, we have to look at the money. Where do they get the funding? The organization says private sector companies fund its projects. And we looked at the tax filings, which shows 80% of the money comes from private donations. It's board filled with executives from nearly all of Atlanta's big name companies. Let's take a look at some of them. Waffle House, you see um, Equifax, Wells Fargo, The Home Depot, Delta, just to name a few. It reads like a who's who of corporate Atlanta, right? Public tax records do lag behind, so it's not yet clear exactly how much money is coming into the foundation from these companies for this project. But here's what we can tell you. We can tell you that in 2020, the organization had more than $24 million in assets and liabilities. And on Saturday, everything came to a head. Take a look at this. Armed with bricks and fireworks, some protesters turned violent in downtown Atlanta Saturday night. For the violence, there was a peaceful demonstration Saturday at Underground Atlanta. The group was there to protest a proposed training center for Atlanta police and demand an independent investigation into the death of Manuel Tehran. Again, 70% of Atlanteans do not support Cop City. We are living in a city where we have a number of people who are unhoused, a number of people facing food insecurity, and this training facility is the focus of the business philanthropic community as well as several members of our city council, members that you elected to serve. Come outside, Texas. Baby, we just want to talk. Ain't nobody going to jump you. Come outside, ho. Get off live, ho. That's the same shit that got your last hoe touch. Bitch! That's the same shit that got your baby daddy fucked. Yo, That's the same shit that got your last hoe touch. Bitch! That's the same shit that got your baby daddy fucked. Come outside! Come on, Texas. We just want to talk. We ain't going to say nothing crazy. We just want to talk about how you trying to succeed from the union in the year our Lord 2023. We just talking about how you trying to dip out from the rest of the country. Oh, y'all didn't know about that. Yeah, the Texan Republicans introduced a bill calling for a vote on succession. Yeah, they getting ready to dip. Listen to this. Listen to this. Texas State Republican Brian Slack Slayton was introducing a bill that will place a referendum for Texas secession from the United States on the 2024 ballot. House Bill 3596 would allow Texans to vote on whether or not the state should investigate the possibility of Texas independence and present potential plans to the legislation. 
If passed, it will place a referendum on the ballot during the next general election, allowing the people of Texas to vote on whether or not the state should investigate the possibility of Texas independence. Yeah, it's clear that all political power resides in the people after decades of continuous abuse of the rights and the liberties of the federal government. It's time to let the people of Texas make their voices be heard. Yeehaw! God bless Texas and no place else. The stars at night is big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas, face ass. Texas, if you don't sit your ass down somewhere, you really think that Big Daddy going to let y'all succeed from the union? All that fucking land? Y'all got the border over there? All that fucking land? Y'all be growing crops and drugs and shit over there in Texas? You really think that they going to just let y'all slide the fuck out with all them damn guns, Texas? Be fucking for real. And y'all don't even want me to get on fucking Greg Abbott's head. No, y'all don't, because Texas is a fucking mess. And you know what? I just be thinking it's crazy. At first, all the niggas left Mississippi and went to Atlanta. And then y'all overpopulated Atlanta, and and y'all smoked all the hookah in Atlanta. Now y'all asses running to fucking Houston or fucking Dallas. But let me tell y'all something. Dallas, Houston, Texas, all that shit, you might have needs like Megan. But bitch, you ain't going to be able to run from the bullshit. Texas is not a place I would want to be. The governor don't give a fuck about the people in general. Definitely don't give a fuck about the black people within the state. He don't care about y'all roles or y'all safety or the drug usage up there at all. Them motherfuckers is being lobbied like a motherfucker. And that's why Texas has this huge ass gun problem. That's why the whole United States has a terrible ass gun problem. Because all of these representatives, all of these, all the governors, all, all the people that's supposed to be speaking for us are being paid off. They're being lobbied, as we can see. We're going to talk about it in a second because we're going to be talking about gun laws next. But they don't they don't give a fuck about none of us. And I think that when it's time for us to vote next year, if you don't get your ass up and do something about this shit, you deserve to be in slavery. <laughs> you deserve it because you have a voice. Even if motherfuckers don't think that voting matters, it's the least you could do. It's the least that you could do. It is nothing to do and exercise your constitutional right to get the fuck up and vote. And you want to do it before they take your right away from you because they, as you can clearly see, that is their purpose. They are trying to take away every single right that they have, that we have, and to keep us at a low level economically, mentally, and physically if they can. Y'all better pay the fuck attention. Wake up. So we're going to talk about why. We're going to talk about why politicians are choosing to bring back lynching through policies. We're going to talk about why politicians are trying to ban accurate histories of people of color and black people. We're going to talk about why politicians have overturned Roe v. Wade and taken away uh, bodily autonomy for women and are now pushing the idea of taking the lives of women who have abortions or miscarriages. We're going to talk about why Housing discrimination exists, economic discrimination, healthcare disparities, equal opportunity and equity for people of color exists in this country. All of this, why they're choosing to uneducate their society and causing it to implode, why the 
society that we currently live in can only read at an average of a sixth grade reading level as adults. Why that is, it's because certain groups were not supposed to. And because they have become more educated, they have become more self-aware, they have become privy to opportunities that were not beneficial to certain groups because of the color of their skin. This country is willing to self-implode rather than give opportunities to those two groups. The idea that a black person or a brown person could be equal to a white person in this country should not exist. It was never supposed to exist. But due to the efforts of black and brown people fighting for their liberation in this country, it does exist. And there are white supremacists who are trying to bring us back to a time where white subjugation of black and brown people exists again. And if they cannot get us to that point, they are willing to self-implode. That is why. Now let's talk about gun laws. Gun laws is probably the most prominent thing that's going on in America because America has a gun problem. Do people kill people or do guns kill people? Bitch, I don't know. Probably both. All I know is that there needs to be some type of regulation on gun laws. Now, before I get to talking about all the different shit that's going on, let's 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 talk about a few things first. First, I want to clarify that assault rifles were banned from 1994 to 2004 under Joe Biden when he was a senator at the time and he drafted the bill to ban assault rifles. But the motherfucker we pointed fingers at today the motherfucker who get the blame, that's George W. Bush. Yeah, Junior. And his Republicans, yeah. Because in 04, he was the one in the second term of his presidency, okay? And Clinton was the one who signed everything into law. George W. Bush was the one who called for it to collapse, okay? So why do we have a gun problem in America the answer class is George W. Bush Jr. Mm -hmm. Now, the key topic right now is the NRA. For those who do not know, the National Rifle Association, also known as the NRA, is one of the biggest donors to the GOP representative and senators. What do that mean? The word is lobbying. So, let me put two and two together for y'all, and I pray it equals six. So, the NRA, they got a lot of money. Because niggas like guns, white people like guns, Americans like guns. So with this money, they take this money and they throw it at the representatives and the senators. And they say, huh, I got a water money for you. And, and, and when I give you this money, I don't want you to pass no legislation. They're saying to cut down how many guns and rifles that people can buy, you know. Uh, we love rifles. Rifles love y'all. America love rifles. So we're going to get y'all this money. And when they get that money, then you get to see what that money make a bitch nigga do. Ooh wee. Look what that money make a bitch do. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. So this exactly what's going on here. So a couple, a week or so ago, we all know about the mass shooting that happened um, in Nashville. Tennessee. If you don't go back and watch the episode for with me and Christopher Green, 
Um, we talked about it more intensely because it recently just happened. But um, a few precious white angels were killed at a nice Catholic all-white school. Two white people and a black man. I think he was a janitor. They all got shot and killed. And the woman, ooh, don't, don't let me misgender her. I don't I don't know. Um, they then came in and shot up the school. And now all the white Republicans are up at arms. And they're going to use this as a way to persecute the LGBTQIA community. I'll yield to anyone on this committee who disagrees that murder in schools is not murder. I yield. Will you, will you yield? Oh, I'll yield. Yes, please. You want to know why the shooter is dead in Nashville? The trans shooter? You want to know why? Because the good guy with a gun killed that woman. She identified as a man. She was mentally ill, probably taking hormones. And she went in and murdered children and adults in this Christian school in Nashville. Because you guys made it easy for people who don't deserve to have weapons, who are mentally incapable of having weapons of war, being able to buy those weapons and go into schools. You know why you don't hunt with an AR-15 with a deer? Because there's nothing left. And there's nothing left of these kids when people go into school and murder them while they're trying to read. You guys are worried about banning books? Dead kids can't read. Uh, my first question uh, to anyone on the panel is, do you think parents in this country as they're putting their young kids into pajamas at night and they're tucking them in to bed. You think they're worried about public urination in Washington, D.C., or you think they're worried about sending their kid to school and their kid not coming home? As a father of two kids who packed them up this morning and sent them to school, I care about making sure they're coming home. Thank you. You know, I voted with the majority on the disapproval because I'm, I'm consistent. You guys want to talk about D.C. public schools and crime. I don't, I don't want to burst your bubble over there, but mass murder in schools is crime. That's crime. You want to talk about 1,300 cars being stolen? 550 people have been murdered in school. Who cares about the cars? What about the kids? No hearing for them. 338,000 kids have experienced gun violence in this country. The number one killer of school-aged children in this country, gun violence. Now, the problem is, is that the following days after the mass shooting that happened in Tennessee, several children went up to the state house in Tennessee and protest with their parents. So they're thinking that they having a, a house meeting and they are bombarded and stormed by thousands, thousands of little children calling them fascists, calling them monsters because they have the power to be able to change what the fuck is going on. But they choose to accept the money and allow children to die within these schools. So three out of the 99 representatives for the state of Tennessee stood with the children, which is their amendment right. They have the right to be able to use their voice and to peacefully protest, which they did. And as a result, the Republican majority, Tennessee 
Representative GOP decided to retaliate and attempt to expel the Tennessee Three from out of their appointed seats. So let me get this straight, okay? Let me get this straight. 10,000 Tennessee kids, children, 10,000 of them on Friday, march on the Tennessee Capitol, right? They march on the Tennessee Capitol in a big old protest. 10 fucking thousand kids actually care about government. They go to the Tennessee legislature. They surround the building. They have signs. They have chanting. They go in the building where they're allowed to be. They're chanting. What are they chanting about? Oh, I don't know. We're tired of being scared of dying in school. That's what they're chanting. Protect us. You're the government. Why don't you pass a fucking gun reform? They didn't say it like that. They're kids. They don't curse as much like in like school settings. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a fucking child. But these kids are. And they're scared shitless. They go to their government. They go to the halls of power in Tennessee. 99 members of the Tennessee State House are in session. The kids go fill the gallery at the top where people are allowed to watch. The kids are allowed to get in there. There's nobody stopping them. There's no guardrails. They're not shoving shit over. They're not breaking windows. They ain't doing shit. They go up to the top. They're all standing on the top and they start chanting. Three members of the house stand up, walk up to the podium. Speaker of the house loses his mind. He's like, you're out of order. Everybody's out of order. The three members of the house who are Democrats hold up a bullhorn and chant with the kids. They bang a gavel. Everybody leaves. 30-minute recess. Everybody likes recess except for the kids because then they're outside and there's nowhere to hide from all the bang-bang. So the kids are now in the halls and all of the members of the House legislature have to walk past literal children that they're terrified of. They're scared of the kids and the kids are scared to be at school. And I get to watch these guys. With, with state troopers on either end, with their hand on the state trooper's shoulder. Oh, don't let the 12-year-old girls poke me as they're screaming, don't let us die in school. So I get to watch this. And it reminds me too, by the way, go watch a tape of a Tennessee legislator walking through throngs of kids who are yelling at them with passion. And don't picture a woman trying to go to a Planned Parenthood. It's like the same fucking thing. But anyway, these legislators who are like real upset because they really want to just keep saving these kids from drag queens, they get all pissed off about this. Do they pass gun control legislation? No. Are they going to deal anything with the problem? Ah, we might add more cops to school so we can arrest kids for running or some shit. What's their answer? They're going to ban the three fucking representatives that stood up, that stood with the kids. They're banning them. That's their answer. They have a supermajority, and the only thing they're going to do is silence people. Now, the Tennessee Three is made up of two black men. First names, both are um, Justin and a white woman. One from Memphis, one from Nashville, and one from another part. The white woman really, she really kind of irrelevant to this story, but she was there for the ride, and I loved it for that white woman. Always riding on the backs of black people. Look at that. Essentially, they said that during these protests that these men were unruly, they acted uncivilized, and they acted as if they did not know the rules of the court and they should be suspended because of their actions. Now, they felt like they were doing the right thing. 
the Speaker of the Tennessee House, who recently just got doxxed and exposed because he was having an extramarital affair. Um, what I want to say, the uh, lieutenant governor's wife, yeah, they exposed them. Because when you when you dig one ditch, you need to dig two for yourself, Mr. Sir. Yeah, they exposed him. He also don't live in the city in which he represented. So they probably finna get him fired. But that's besides the point. We're going to let the Lord do his work and his majesty over on this planet. Yes. But in their attempt to remove these black men and this white woman from their um, position, which they did succeed, um, they were able to get their seats back because um, once they, um, yeah, it was unconstitutional what they were doing. So that was their attempt to stop a peaceful protest as well as to really make an example as well as a power play. And it really backfired in their faces. But still, I feel like this is, is the first of many attempts like this by the Republican Party in order to... I don't know, make a statement to get people's attention when their attention really should be on passing gun laws and making life better for people and and soothing people during this economic crisis, not creating false realities and overhyping uh, fucking pronouns and hormone blockers like their their attention what they're fa what they're focusing on is to divert you away from what's actually going on and this is what's going on it's a bunch of bullshit going on in these southern states and i'm telling y'all keep your eye on what's going on at the local level yeah shit going on at on a national level shit is really going down on a global level but change happens locally Pay attention to what's going on in your local cities and the towns in which you live and in, whether or not you go to school there or not, whether or not you work there or not, because it's some shady shit going on and it's right up under our nose. If you see something, say something, because these motherfuckers don't give a fuck about you. You have to give a fuck about yourself and your community or we all going to fail. And lastly, I want to talk about police brutality, Okay. Honestly, I don't feel like you niggas are mad enough about police brutality. Y'all y'all don't stand up. Y'all don't be loud enough when it comes to the unsolicited deaths of black men and women and trans people. Okay? It's ridiculous at the hands of police. So let's talk about the murder of Tyree Nichols. And this is a trigger warning. It has been several months since the passing of Tyree Nichols. So... It gave me some time to be able to process this information, and maybe you'll learn something more by me discussing it. So millions of people across the country were outraged after they witnessed the brutal beating of 29-year-old Tyree Nichols by police officers in Memphis in a video that has gone viral. The officers have been charged with second-degree murder, aggravated assault, kidnapping, as well as several other charges. So what initially began as a traffic stop for aggressive driving ended in five police officers, if not more, being charged with the murder of a young black man. The five officers resembled include Justin Smith, Tadarius Bean, Emmett Martin III, Damon Desmond Mills, and Demetrius Haley. 
However, according to court documents from a 2015 lawsuit, Demetrius Haley was previously accused of violence toward an inmate when he worked as a corrections officer. Moreover, Tyree Nichols worked at FedEx with Demetrius Haley's ex and baby mother, and it is alleged that Demetrius took a picture of Tyree Nichols on the ground and sent it to his ex. Footage shows Tyree beaten with a baton at one point while he shows no signs of resisting or fighting back. In one clip, he stands up a second later. One of the officers strikes him with at least five strong blows while another officer holds his hand behind his back. Footage also shows Tyree being kicked in the head while being on the ground. A sixth officer was later relieved of duty following the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols. A white officer, Mr. Preston Hempfield, who was hired back in 2018, was relieved of duty during an ongoing investigation. Footage from the incident shows an officer pulling Tyree Nichols from his car, forcefully hitting him towards the ground using a taser. After Nichols was able to get away, the officer could be hearing saying, I hope they stump his ass. MPD has reportedly not confirmed whether the officer was hemp-filled or not. Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, I feel like there's a very strong correlation between the woman who is over the Memphis Police Department as well as the Atlanta Police Department. Now, we all know that the police officers are in gangs. They are in gangs, y'all. They might not wear blue and red, and they might not be set tripping, but they are gangs. So, this they have what, Scorpion unit, and then they got Red Dog unit down in Atlanta. Now, the lady who is over Memphis Police Department right now came from Red Dog's gang down there. I can't believe these niggas got gangs for real. This shit is so fucking wet. So as soon as word started breaking about the Scorpion unit in Memphis, people in Atlanta, my friends in Atlanta, immediately began to compare the Scorpion unit to the Red Dog unit. So if you're from Atlanta, you know about the notorious Red Dog unit. I'm not from here, uh, didn't really live here during the time that the Red Dog unit was active, but my husband is a native and he said that when you heard the Red Dog unit was coming, everybody started to disappear. Everybody started to leave. So the Red Dog unit is also referred to as a gang. And people have said that they would give you Rodney King style beatings. And they were predominantly um, African-American police officers. The Scorpion unit in Memphis sounds a lot like the Red Dog unit in reputation. So I'm not um, in Memphis, so I'm not sure exactly what they're saying the Scorpion unit did, but it sounds a lot like what the Red Dog unit was doing. And there is a common denominator with the Atlanta Red Dog unit and the Memphis Scorpion unit. So the common denominator is the Memphis uh, chief of police. She at one time was the head of the Red Dog unit in Atlanta. Uh, she left Atlanta, she was fired, she was reinstated, then she left Atlanta and eventually ended up in Memphis. 
So now she's in Memphis, you have the Scorpion unit that's operating a lot like what the Red Dog unit in Atlanta operated like. And the Red Dog unit in Atlanta was disbanded uh, sometime back in 2011. And the Red Dog unit was also the unit that was responsible for the killing of a 92-year-old Katherine Johnson. They broke into her apartment uh, trying to serve a warrant. It was the wrong apartment. They shot and killed this 92-year-old woman. So um, the Memphis police chief, she should be applauded for what she's done in firing the officers, making the videos public right away. But my concern is these police tactics that are being deployed in these communities where people are being beaten and abused um, by police officers. So maybe back when the Red Dog Unit was active in Atlanta, they could get away with it because there was the, the prevail, prevalence of cameras. Today, cameras are everywhere. Uh, the officers are also, uh, you know, recording. So the tactics that they used to use, they can't. Again, like I said, the South is going to rise. Be there, be square. Rise up or get knocked down. Don't be one of the niggas that Harriet would have shot back when she was taking niggas to freedom. Okay, you better get on board or don't get mad when you get left behind. Shout out to the slaves. Yeah, shout out to the slaves. You feel me? Shout out to Harriet Tubman. That shout was out to the real niggas. Shout out to the real niggas. And shout out again to all those people who hate my guts. Y'all are doing a justice and an effort to the world. Keep breaking these men down one at a time. You are obsessed and sick. And we are back with the big black shout out, the biggest, most ethnic, brutally honest, BBW, ebony shout out in the world. Yes, the big black shout out is an opportunity to help circulate black dollars back into our communities and for audience members to explore black owned hidden gems. Now, I only have one creator that I wanted to shout out, and that's going to be Mr. Isaiah. So Isaiah is a marketing strategist a market research consultant, if you will. Yes, Isaiah says, and I quote, I create impact for brands through strategy and creative market research. He is a leader, a learner, and a peer, and he is his own agency. That's right. That's right. Matter of fact, Isaiah helping me right now. He has started his own business and it is called Zafluence. Yes, yes. What is Zafluence? Zafluence has partnered with creators, influencers, and brands to help build better campaigns. And they have the ability to source and vet creators for brands to establish content and affiliate partnerships. We also, they also partner with brands to create sources for content partnerships and deals. They also manage the creator for the brand to ensure a better deliverable product. I really, I really love working with Isaiah. He is so fucking friendly. He is organized as fuck. And we are his beta team. He getting me together. He finding me brands and shit to work with. I feel like I know somebody. Okay. So, I just wanted to let y'all know that if you want to follow Isaiah on social media, you, I'm going to spell it. 
Zayam Isaiah. Okay, that's his Instagram name. Is it Z A Y A M I S I A I A H? Yeah, y'all better get down and figure it out and come work with a nigga that know what the fuck he doing. He here to help to help the black community and he sure gonna help me. So shout out to you, Isaiah. Isaiah also just got to like ten thousand followers on TikTok. He doing the thug feels when he looks so cute with all his hair up in his fucking head. Yeah, so that's all I got today for black creators. Um, if you have a black owned business or somebody that you know owns a business and would like a shout out that just so happens to be free, I mean like zero ninety nine, like five finger discount free. Y'all need to be hitting me up. Email me at the Afrocentric Podcast. That's Afrocentric Podcast at gmail.com. Please forgive me for any sins in which I committed those. I know I meant those I don't know, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for beating this bitch ass today, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for thinking about beating her ass again, Lord. Please rebuke all these demons that's in this house, Lord. I pray Is that really you, necessary? And now it's time for the altar call. The altar call for those who are new members to the Afrocentric Word and Baptist Full Life Ministry of God in Christ is the final segment, the final sermon of any podcast episode. And I'm just here to let my people know that I'm yet fasting and hoping and praying and venerating and taking my communion and giving the body in which we, we, we ate and we ate and we drank the wine. And I'm doing it all for the black community. Amen. Today, saints, we are going to assemble in prayer because we're going to pray for our young black men. we praying for the souls of these black brothers. So if you just bow your head with me. Father God, come get these niggas. Lord, come get these niggas before I get these niggas, Lord. Um, Jesus, you didn't die on the cross for our sins last week for these niggas to be saying that black women is the natural enemy to all black men, Lord. No, you didn't. You, you didn't you didn't raise three days after on my birthday for these niggas to be cutting up and clowning lord and i just want to say sweet gentle light in the morning that is not all the black men jesus it's a lot of good black men that you dropped on this earth to show us the way like moses elijah the prophet Yes, there's a lot of them. But the ones the the ones that go about the passport bros and all them other, the funky and fit podcasters, Jesus, you're going to have to do something with them, Lord. Show them your power, Jesus. Show them your majesty. Lord, you ain't got to move my mountain. Oh, Jesus, just give me the strength to climb, Lord. And I rebuke this spirit that niggas can't do nothing without it being gay, Lord. Lord, allow these niggas to drink pink lemonade in peace. Allow these niggas to eat the glizzy in peace, dear God. Allow these niggas to smoke hookah in your presence and not be antagonized, Jesus. 
please give these niggas the freedom to fall asleep in the front seat of their male best friend's car and they don't think it's gay no more. Lord, they wouldn't even cutting up this bed in Sodom and Gomorrah and you burnt that bad boy to the ground. I just wanted to know when you was going to do it again. Because Jesus, if you did it before, you can do it again. You can come get us all. I don't care. You can stop by and come see about me, Jesus, because I don't even like you here no more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One thing I have realized, that if God don't do it, it just won't get done. It's going to take a miracle from God. If God don't do it, it won't get done. If God don't do it, it won't get done. If God don't do it, it won't get done. It's going to take a miracle from God. If God don't do it, it won't get done. If God don't do it, it won't get done. If God don't do it, it won't get done. It's going to take a miracle from God. I rebuke you, demon, who has to make life-altering decisions at the gas pump. Ah, do I get gas or do I eat? Ah, be gone, dust. Dusty demon. Be gone. I bind you. Be gone, dusty demon who asked women to go 50-50. Ah, shut up. Get out. Never return. No 50-50. I bind you, dusty demons. No, we will not build with you. That is the dust demon talking. I shout you out. Ah, I bind you, dusty demon, who will dare ask a woman to pay. Ah, Just be gone. I cast you out. Red pill, passport, dusty, 50-50, or dusty, I, I, I cast you out. Ah, How does everyone feel? I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the Afrocentric Podcast. Um, I hope you guys really take the time to heed this message. I really do think that the South might rise if China don't fucking blow us the smithereens first. They're going to try to do it. And, you know, it's up to us. It's up to the people to stop it. So, please go home, do your research. And if you got any opportunity to vote, not just at a huge election, but a, a local election, get your ass up, go vote while you still got the fingers to do it and breath in your body because that is our right to do so. And our ancestors fought really hard for us to obtain, maintain this right, you know? So, yeah. Um... I want to thank you guys again for choosing to be Afrocentric today. 
please remember that black lives matter. Make sure that we are listening and protecting black women. And remember that the only thing that you must do in this lifetime is be black and die. And remember at the Afrocentric podcast, we just civilized people having civilized conversations. All right. It was nice talking to y'all. I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye. You're wrong. You're in the well today because you broke rules of decorum. Wouldn't you agree? Representative Pearson. I believe I'm in the well today uh, because you have put forward a resolution that says that it's more important to expel voices of dissent than do the work of justice, which is fighting to end gun violence in the state of Tennessee. I believe that I'm in the well today because I, uh, with the courage of ancestors and family and loved ones and community, stood up and spoke up for folks like my classmate Larry Thorne, who can speak no more because of the proliferation of guns in Tennessee. I I believe that I'm in the well today uh, because you have decided that it is not uh, right to have debate. It is not right to listen to the voices of the minority. I believe I'm in the well today because on the day that we wanted to honor the thousands of people who protested, uh, we were denied that opportunity. I believe that I'm here because you feel in your heart that it is right to persecute someone who has committed no crime, who has only broken what you call the house decorum rule, which according to section 19 of the house permanent rules of order say that at worst the thing that should happen is censure. But instead, you have brought forward a terrible resolution to deprive and disenfranchise thousands of people in Shelby County of a representative who will and can speak and advocate for them. And I believe, uh, Representative Farmer, that that is wrong. 